You're listening to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. Danny and Jason had many discussions and debates on the back porch while making pivotal investment moves with assets. That's right, with trading cards. They welcome you to the back porch and right into those discussions about current sports news with a fresh and unique twist. So come on and join us. Welcome to the Back Porch Talk Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason. Co-host, Danny. And we have a fun-filled show for you today, fans. Going to talk a little bit about the master results. Eddie George coaches at Tennessee State University. The Minnesota Timberwolves and Lynx, they have a new ownership group. And an interesting trading card scenario. But first, to the master results and where Hideki Matsuyama actually goes ahead and wins the Masters Tournament. Golf was already a global sport, Danny, but man, for Hideki to become the first Japanese player golfer to win the Masters is phenomenal. This further expands the scope of golf, and I'm so happy for Hideki. Not only did he win his first Masters, his first green jacket, but his first major as well. So, Danny, this is just absolutely phenomenal. He pulled in a nice prize of $2 million. <laughs> so not a bad day or not a bad weekend. But the crazy thing too, man, so Will Zalatoris, mm-hmm. he took second place. He got $1.2 million. And that's man. more than most purses during the whole PGA Tour. So yes. not a bad not a bad come up for uh, a weekend coming to second place. Just don't get the green jacket. <laughs> hey, yeah, and the total purse was $11.5 million, man. So if you really grind it out, man, you can get at least a couple of hundred thousand dollars, man, in your pocket. For sure. But on to Eddie George being named the Tennessee State University head football coach. Uh, Danny, I did not see this coming, but I am happy that it is here. For Eddie George to be the head coach of the Tennessee State University football program brings further exposure to the program, but also to the university. Mm-hmm. In listening to the introductory press conference, Eddie George mentioned that he did speak with a lot of NFL coaches and college coaches just to get an idea of the day-to-day business, the day-to-day expectations of the job. But he talked to one coach in particular, and that is to Coach Prime Deion Sanders down in Jackson State. And where, and Danny, we talked about this before. We felt that Dion was going to really open the doors to more players potentially becoming coaches. Mm -hmm. This is a prime example of just that. Exposure to HBCUs individually, but generally as well. And this is, I don't think, is just a trend. I think this is what is to be expected moving forward. And although Eddie George doesn't have that coaching experience i think he's going to put the pieces and the people around him to become successful and full disclaimer i am a faithful florida and university rattler fellow hbcuer but i am very excited about what is happening here but in doing some research in terms of who eddie george has talked to he did talk to uh his coach that drafted him into the NFL, and that is Jeff Fisher. When Eddie George presented the opportunity to Jeff Fisher in terms of Eddie George becoming 
a head football coach. It see it just seemed like Jeff Fisher pounced at it, man. I I don't know, man. It just seems like Jeff Fisher is the opportunist. <laughs> it just seems like, man, he is just I don't know. Is this something? creepy in in the way that Jeff Fisher moves. I'm just going to be frank, man. Um, I believe Jeff Fisher's son is is going to be on staff or a part of the program. Defensive coordinator. See, man, that just screams nepotism to me, man. And for those who don't know, Jeff Fisher coached in the NFL for many, 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 many years, not making it to the playoffs. And really, I think the franchise really settled for what they had in Jeff Fisher. I understand because obviously Jeff Fisher is the one who drafted Eddie George into the NFL, but at the same token, man, Eddie George, you can go grab somebody else, man. And this is no hate on Eddie George or Tennessee State University or the football program. It is just my skepticism of Jeff Fisher and his agenda, whatever that may be. I don't know. We don't know Jeff Fisher. We just see how he has maneuvered in the NFL. And it just seems like now this is his opportunity to help a program, which is nothing wrong with helping, but the same token, man, it just, uh, I don't know, man. It just don't feel right from a Jeff Fisher perspective. What say you, Danny? So Jason, first off, congratulations to Eddie George. He wasn't even thinking about it, taking <laughs> this opportunity. They reached out to him, but I, mm-hmm. I think it was a smart thing to do to get the program some exposure Obviously, like you mentioned, Deion Sanders is kind of trailblazing again. Now it's let's get that professional athlete in front of our program. Eddie George is, seems to be a stand-up guy from all accounts. So who better to have running your program? He played with the Tennessee Titans, bringing him back to Nashville. A win, in my opinion, there. A couple things, like you mentioned, though, Jeff Fisher, and bringing him in that advisory role and bringing his son as the defensive coordinator. I guess we'll see. So Eddie George, like I said, this is his first experience building a staff. It may have came pretty quick where he, that may have been his lifeline right there. Just say, Jeff, help me out. Get, and then maybe hopefully he kicks Jeff to the side once he gets things established because he still needs to get a, an offensive coordinator. He needs to fill some key positions within his staff. So that's where... Maybe it's a temporary thing, but if Jeff Fisher's hanging around, he hung around a long time in the NFL too with some mediocre teams. So hopefully he gets out, like I said, get the staff in place, maybe minimize Jeff Fisher's role going forward after he gets it going. Congratulations to him. Like I said, I think it's a good thing for Tennessee State to be creative and think outside of the box uh, and take a risk by bringing Eddie George in because he doesn't have the experience, but give him an opportunity, give the program an opportunity, bring some energy to the program, see how they do next season. Danny, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Lynx are being bought by Alex Rodriguez and billionaire Mark Lohr. There are reports that they are finalizing a deal to purchase those teams in Minnesota. And that deal is expected to be in the range of $1.5 billion with a B dollars. Uh, this is something interesting because there were reports uh, at one point in time and where Kevin Garnett was actually seeking to become the uh, owner or the executor of the uh, franchise. That deal obviously fell apart. It's interesting in that uh, there has been years of 
going back and forth between Kevin Garnett and current owner Glenn Taylor. Very interesting, man. You know, uh, congratulations to the team, uh, the group uh, that includes Alex Rodriguez and Mark Lohr. My understanding is that this is going to uh, be a two-year process. They don't immediately take over the franchises, but in two years, that's where where it would happen in 2023. Uh, and so this is very interesting. Uh, it's good to see former players, whether it's uh, basketball, baseball, or whatever, uh, accumulating enough money, uh, investing it, and having the opportunity to become executors or owners of a franchise. What say you, Danny? Jason, this was another surprise that happened <laughs> over the weekend. I think a couple things here. It, are they planning to move the Minnesota Timberwolves? So everyone, that's been speculation of Glenn Taylor saying no. Mm-hmm. They're you can't buy the team if you're planning to move it. But then there's the tie to Seattle because of Alex Rodriguez playing with the Mariners. Who's going to make up that team again? Who's going to be running basketball operations? And how are they? What is this group going to look like? So they have an opportunity to start fresh. And it sounds like they do have some influence on the organization over this two year transitional period. So who do they go for to build out that front office and that executive team to change the direction of the Minnesota Timberwolves? Because they've been struggling for a while, man. (laughs) And they just it seems like they just can't get over the hump, but they've had some good moves. I think D'Angelo Russell coming in, even though he's been hurt this year, is a good move. You have Anthony Edwards, that he's having a great rookie year. Carl Anthony Towns is going up and down. So they have a team that they can build that's young. So they have opportunities here. It's all about the front office. The other key thing to me is how do you integrate Kevin Garnett back into that organization? Because he's been scorned by Glenn Taylor. You know, obviously, like you mentioned, KG was trying to buy the team and Glenn Taylor had no, didn't want anything to do with KG. So how do they bring the face of the franchise, even though KG has been retired, how long incorporate him back into that franchise, retire his number, make sure he's a voice for the team because he was always a voice for the team when he played. And mm-hmm. he made sure the Timberwolves were on the map when he was there. And even after he retired, he's always had that connection to the team, but Glenn Taylor's kind of pushed him away allegedly so that's where i think will be key is bringing garnett in building out that front office well i would say to to that point danny i think kg will not have anything to do with the minnesota timberwolves for the next two years man he'll definitely probably say something whenever they they have the opportunity uh to have the nba or excuse me basketball hall of fame mm-hmm. ceremony Uh, If he has a speech or something like that, I think he will say something at that particular moment in time to recognize the fans, more importantly, uh, but then also uh, may say something about the organization, possibly not saying anything about Taylor at all at all. I don't I don't really think KG would have anything to do with the Timberwolves until the new executives and ownership comes into play there. And I think A-Rod would actually have a heart to heart talk with KG. That's my point. Yep. The new organization needs to make sure he's involved mm-hmm. in some capacity because he's the face of the franchise. Carl mm-hmm. Anthony Towns has been there how many years now? He's not the face of the franchise. I no. still consider KG that person. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And now we have an interesting trading card scenario, Danny. What we got? So tonight, Jason, 
we have Eddie George's 1996 Topps Chrome rookie card for Derrick Henry's 2016 Panini Donruss rookie card. Couple quick bios. Eddie George was the 14th pick by the Houston Oilers, now Tennessee Titans, out of the, the Ohio State University. He was a Heisman in 1995. In the pros, he was a four-time Pro Bowler, one-time All-Pro, Offensive Player of the Year, and had 10,000 yards rushing and 68 touchdowns in his career. Derrick Henry was the 45th pick by the Tennessee Titans out of Alabama in 2016, Heisman in 2015, two-time Pro Bowler, one-time All-Pro, also Offensive Player of the Year in 2020, and currently has 5,860 yards, 55 touchdowns rushing. So, Jason, who do you want in your portfolio? Danny, this is a tough one, man. I still haven't made up my mind on this one. We're talking about the same Eddie George, who is also a Heisman Award winner. I mean, we talk about that rookie card. When he came in and was drafted by the Houston Oilers, the one year that he played was the last year that Houston was in Houston. That rookie card is, man, that has significant value. Uh, and I actually wonder how, uh, as we look into the future, whether it's on blockchain or uh, non-fungible token, how that would really uh, price. I will say this, for those fans who do not know about Eddie George in the Super Bowl, when the then when Tennessee Titans actually faced off against the then St. Louis Rams, mm -hmm. the greatest show on turf, you need to go ahead and watch those highlights. Because in that game, man, Eddie George just completely went off. That was a tough fought game. In that game, Eddie George had 28 rushes for 95 yards, two touchdowns, two receptions for 35 yards. Tennessee almost came all the way back from a 16 to zero deficit. And who can ever forget that last drive? And rest in peace to Steve McNair mm -hmm. for keeping that drive alive and keeping plays alive, man. For the Tennessee Titans to come up one yard short, every Super Bowl, the consistent highlight that they have played is that one yard short play in that Super Bowl. And in that Super Bowl, Eddie George, man, he was just so awesome. But who can who can ever forget the battles that the Tennessee Titans and the Baltimore Ravens had with Ray Lewis, especially between Eddie George and Ray Lewis just going at it, whether it be in the playoffs or just a regular season game, you knew that was going to be a physical game. Eddie George, man, he was he was a great player, man. So Tennessee State University has an excellent head coach. I think his experiences are going to bode well for that organization, for that university. And then you look at Derrick Henry, who is also a Heisman Trophy winner, which you stated. He has just been bowling people over. I was leaning towards one way coming into this. I still didn't make up my mind. I think, though, when you think about Derrick Henry, you also have to honestly think about who else have run for 2,000 yards in a season, Danny. I mean, this is just mind-boggling, but you have the likes of O.J. Simpson, who first did it in 73, Eric Dickerson in 84, Barry Sanders in 97, Terrell Davis in 98, 
Jamal Lewis in 2003, Chris Johnson in 2009, and then Adrian Peterson in 2012, and then ultimately Derrick Henry. So you have in this small fraternity in the NFL of 2,000-yard rushers, Danny, I'm going to have to go with Derrick Henry. I wouldn't need a Derrick Henry in my portfolio. Mm-hmm. But because of the small fraternity you have in the NFL, 2,000-yard rushers, the part about Eddie George being, you know, being drafted, playing one year with the Houston Oilers, man, that is so appealing. But for right now, man, I'm going to have to go with Derrick Henry. Who you got? One thing that distinguishes Eddie George from Derrick Henry is he was a more versatile back. Mm-hmm. Versus Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry is just run right at you and run you <laughs> over because you don't want to tackle, <laughs> tackle the brother. King Henry, looking at it, Derrick Henry – he had a slow start to his career, pro career. And over the last two years, kind of three, he's kind of taking that next step mm-hmm. where initially some people thought he was going to be out the league in those first few years at, in Tennessee. But Vrabel got there and kind of resurrected his career and focused mm-hmm. the offense around him. All that being said, when I'm looking at the cards, I think I'm going to take Eddie George's card. Oh. Him being a part of those great Tennessee teams back in the day, and he reminds me of Eric Dickerson in a way. He's not Eric Dickerson. I'm not saying that. But the way he ran, and I was always a big fan of Eddie George's. I didn't really care for the Titans as much. I like McNair as well. But, but it was something about him and his style and watching him run where he wasn't plowing over dudes all the time, anything like that, like Derrick Henry. But he just had this grace about him when he ran. Very close. I could have went Derrick Henry too just from the, the newness factor. Because right now, the here and now, Derrick Henry's a bad boy. So I can only see him still projecting forward and having – I can see him getting another 2K, the way he runs. So all, all in all, though, I'm going to go in this scenario, I'm going to go with Eddie George's rookie card. And it's more from my standpoint because I like Eddie George during his career and watch, like watching him play. There you have it. Thank you for joining us at Backports Talk Podcast. You can also join us on Twitter by tweeting us at back underscore podcast. For more information, you can go to our website, which is backporchtalkpodcast.com. You can also email us at backporchtalkpodcast at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining us. And remember that there's enough hate in the world. So go ahead and spread a little love.